It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Cavalry Audio. I'm Clint Emerson, and welcome to Season 2 of Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interview is just as dangerous as the scenarios I put my guests through. From hostage situations to natural disasters, carjackings, active shooters, and more, if you're looking for the skills necessary to survive these situations, then this is the show for you. Welcome to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast. It's a new year with a new studio and the ability to do in-person interviews. So it only makes sense to have my very first guest come back in person. He doesn't really need an introduction. He's a former Navy SEAL, New York Times bestselling guy. He is America's protection and military canine expert guru trainer. He also has all the gear to go with it, leashes and harnesses and- Dog food and treats. Dog food and treats, of course. And his latest project, which we're gonna talk about today, is his new book, Unfuck America. Mike Ritlin, welcome to the studio. I got to tell you, it's good to be here. The uh, you, you never seem to, uh, or you never cease to blow me away with your designer skills, interior decorator skills. Like, I don't know if there's something we need to talk about as yeah, good as you are, but uh, yeah. I do try and do my best when yeah. it comes to that kind of thing. It looks good, man. I enjoy taking colors and <laughs> contrasting them. Swaths. Swaths. Swatch, swatches. Swatches. Yeah. That was a cool watch in the 80s. Um, as usual, our our uh, our format stays the same. It's uh, it's a rapid fire with some discussion. And then we get into the bio, which is your past, present, future, yeah. and then we end with the uh, the can you survive this game portion. So here on the screen, uh, we will go through your scenario, which makes it a lot more interactive and Fuck fun. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Do you have like a shot collar under under here that <laughs> wrong answers? You should <laughs> like put it in the seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just shock the shit out. Of yeah. Not wrong. <laughs> For some reason, all your answers were wrong today. <laughs> Who knew there was no right answer? Yeah. Just so you can shock the shit out of them. Yeah. All right. Um, rapid fire. Let's get this going. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Here yeah, we go. Let's do it. Okay. Mike Ritland. Fast car or fast bike? Ooh. I'm going to go fast bike, actually. Yeah. I think the risk is greater there. That's why it's so much more fun. All right. Well, it's kind of like the difference between uh, flying and parachuting. Yeah, I think fast fast driving versus fast yeah, riding because there's that. that 360 degree wind and yeah. like totally unprotected. Yeah, that just gives it more more of a fucking uh, edge. I think that way, you know. But yeah, I can see that. I think that's good. We'll come back around to that too. Knight in shining armor, or pirates. Oh, fucking pirates! <laughs> yeah, that's what I like too. I think that when it comes to the SEAL teams, it's become more knight in shining armor. At least they're trying yeah. to push that, you know? Uh, yeah, fucking, how about Boy Scouts? But that too. Yeah, it's a little annoying. Um, I'm throwing something at you, and I don't know that it, we just talked about this, but I was going to throw, actually, I'll, I'll throw, I'll switch it around. Initially, I had Yellowstone or Ozark, but you haven't seen Yellowstone, so we'll yeah. go with Game of Thrones or Ozark. 
I got to go Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones uh, yeah. They're both fucking really, really good shows. I think I'd say they're probably equally as good as far as the plot twists. And, and I think that's, you know, just an indicator of really good writing for both of them. But the fact that Game of Thrones is, is finished and it's there's a lot more to it. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd pick that one, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. And they went deep on that. I mean, fucking character crazy, development, yeah. everything. Well, you know, to me, the not to get too fucking in the weeds on uh, the artistic qualities of fucking, uh, you know, the production of a, of a show. But like to me, writing in general, there's there's real life involved in that show where like there's not a an instance where somebody dies where you, you don't have a feeling about it. Mm hmm. Like, I think that's that's where most movies and shows get it wrong is they don't they don't develop the character long enough for you to give a fuck. Yeah. And it, it's too much of a happy ending. Like life isn't that fucking way, you know, and I think Game of Thrones does a, a masterful job at at making uh, making it a a paralleled universe to life as far as, you know, wanting something to happen and getting kicked right in the fucking balls <laughs> when it does. And like the opposite happens, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, too many shows and movies are are too feel good, you know. So right. I think, yeah, it's such a good show. <clears throat> yeah. And I was never a like I was always kind of a hater that way. I was like, fuck that show. Like you know, be, just because <laughs> so many people were into it, I was like, I wouldn't watch it because of that, you know. And uh, and then finally, just enough people were like, dude, just fucking, you gotta watch it. And so I did, and and I watched the whole the whole thing in like three weeks. Yeah. Well, you're only about four or five years behind, but that's okay. You're caught up yeah, now. Well, yeah. yeah, it is cool. And uh, I think like that storyline character development piece is huge. And that's yeah. why also Yellowstone Ozark are so, yeah. so, done so well and so freaking addictive. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a show. Even Ozarks or, uh, you know, Sons of Anarchy was uh, was kind of that way, too. Yeah. But Game of Thrones, like I've never been more wrapped up into a character like you know doing this like while while the fucking show is going on like pissed and my hands are sweating like you know like i'm into the show way more than i should be you yeah, know yeah. which to me again is is a pretty key indicator that they've done a hell of a good job if they have that that amount of attention like i'm not on my phone fucking around you know right. on amazon or porn or what you know like i'm, I'm watching the show and, and i have no idea what the fuck's going on outside of it. yeah you're dead on man I, it had me the same way it had me the same way um Okay, this one's kind of popular with people with home security. And, uh, you know, it, sometimes the answer is obvious, but it's always a good discussion because it's such a popular, you know, it's like canine or carbine, you know, and I'm sure you get this too. Like, well, let's try to invest in the gun or the dog. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm a little biased. Uh, yeah. And it also not to dodge the question, but it kind of depends, you right. know, like on skill set of the individual, what, you know, what the house is like, all, all of those types of things, what the legitimate threat is or not. But, I think for for the for the masses, I think a dog makes sense because the, the problem with a firearm is is, you know, can you get to it in time? Is it the middle of the night? You know, are you trained well enough to be able to use it the way it needs to be used? Can you pull the trigger if it comes to that? Like there's a lot of kind of what ifs and question marks that most people either don't have the answer to or the answer is no. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, like, yeah, if, if you're willing to do it, you've done it. You've got a lot of fucking training. You've trained at night. You know, like all of those things are lined up. Then then, yeah, I'd probably go with a carbine. But for most people, um, that's not the case. And the nice thing about a dog is that if it's the right dog genetically coupled with the right training, you don't have to make any of those decisions. You know, the dog does it for you. You know, mm -hmm. it's not going to malfunction or not going to get to it fast enough. You know, that there's none of that. And, and unlike, say a human bodyguard uh, that can't be bribed. You know, they're not jealous of 
you know, money you have or, or what have you. Uh, once you have that bond with a dog, it's it's an early warning. It's a deterrent. It's a reactionary mechanism. It's defensive. It's offensive. You know, it, it, for kind of checking as many boxes in one security category as as possible, I think it it does the best job over everything else. Frankly, but yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you you hit it with uh, a dog is proactive. Yeah, a carbine or a pistol or whatever you've got is reactive. I yeah. mean, that thing is going to detect. Yeah, and and deter and deny at least for a little while while you can wake up and go what the fuck is going on yeah yeah yep um jumping or diving days of Uh, hmm. which one do i like more or hate more (laughs) (laughs) yeah and or i mean Uh, which one would you pick like uh, okay yeah yeah. i mean diving i think i think diving is more fun jumping is one of those things where uh you know it's kind of like means to an end <laughs> well the, it, it's such a short fucking uh, point of exhilaration for you know hours of work leading up to it hours of work cleaning up after it whereas it you know for like two minutes maybe of fun mm-hmm. you know whereas diving it it you know while yeah it kind of sucks sometimes cold water what you know it's just to me it's a, it's a longer experience of of the actual actions on that you're doing and and so for that i'd, I'd pick that but yeah I hate both of them though. You know, when it comes to work, like both of <laughs> yeah. them suck Yeah, and are a lot of extra work for the payoff. Yeah. I go with diving too, just because of the, uh, the frog that's true frogman connection right there. You know, that's like the real deal. Yeah. Um, so read a book or listen to a book for me, read a book. I, uh, unlike most people, I think who would pick, you know, the audio version, I can't fucking pay attention. Like I get distracted so easy. Hmm. Uh, I mean, if I'm walking, I'm paying attention to something else. If I'm driving, I'm thinking, you know, like I have a hard time listening to a book on fucking on audio. Uh, yeah. So for me, read every time and, and a, and a physical book. I, I don't like reading on Kindles or electric devices either. Yeah. I don't like that either. I've, I've learned to listen though. I do listen more just because I feel like when it, when you talk about the amount of time you have in a day, mm-hmm. you can hit play. You can be listening and also doing other shit. Yeah. That's that's really where I've kind of adapted to the listening versus the reading. Because the reading, you actually got to sit there and actually yeah, I just do nothing I get, but read it. Yeah, I get too distracted. I, yeah. With the podcast, I've had a lot of people on that have had books. And so I, over the last few years, I've gotten pretty um, efficient and competent with kind of speed reading and almost skimming. So <laughs> yeah. uh, like when I read somebody's book, I'll, I'll read it in, you know, a, a few hours in most cases, you know, or at least in a day, unless yeah. it's like a fucking 700 page book. But, uh, you know, so I can, I can get through it pretty quick and, and get a general uh, idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and still retain enough of it to, to know what the book was about and interview the author on it. But yeah, I gotcha. This one's uh yeah, this one's uh, boobs or booty. Fuck both. I mean, <laughs> if I had to pick one over the other yeah. ass, you know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, who doesn't yeah. love a big set of fucking tits? I mean, you know, I mean, they're all, they're all good. Yeah. <laughs> you that's know, right. That's right. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of down the ass lane yourself. I think I, I always try to don like, why am I an ass guy? And I think it started in, uh, at Aiken Eagle elementary school here in Dallas. They, uh, you had a each, teacher with a big ass. Or no, what? no, it was, uh, we were, we had, this like i think this was kindergarten or first grade and they had a reading pit and it's like it's like these stairs that go down into a flat area in in the corner of the room and all the kids sit on these two little steps and then the teacher is in the center reading a book yeah and um 
So it's like story time. And I would always sit on the top like step. And then this one girl would always just sit in front of me in the crack of her ass was always staring at me. And I think that's where it all began. I'd always just look at her butt and look yeah. around and embarrass me. Like, does anybody yeah. else see that the crack funny. of that ass? Yeah. And then it just kind of grew from there, yeah. obviously. So, well, so <laughs> no, yeah, I hear you. The, uh, for me, I, I like a lot of ass too, though, you know, like I, I yeah. like a pretty thick fucking ass. The, uh, I am curious that there, there's a, whether you want to call it a theory or whatever, is it that whoever you lose your virginity to is is the body type that you're typically more attracted to? Is that the case hmm. in your in your experience? Oh no, I don't think so. No, I don't think I have a. Uh, well, I just body made type. that stat up too, but yeah, no, and and you just like totally flipped the interview. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you're such a skill. You're such a you're a fine practitioner of the uh, podcast interviewing skills. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's Not actually I like that though. Yeah. What about you? I yeah, I would I've say. I've met your – they're not all the same. I've met – Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would say that uh, generally speaking, you know, I, I don't, like, consider myself having a type or feel like I yeah. do. But, uh, but you know, if I reduce it down to, you know, what's the, the common denominator of, of most women I've dated, it's, you know, typically darker hair with thicker builds. But uh, okay. I got but, you. Uh, but, you know, it's not, not to say that. I don't find, you know, women of really all types, uh, yeah. you know, attractive. It's just, uh, for whatever reason, that seems to be how it, how it has shaken out. But hmm. yes, you know, hell, I don't know. <laughs> yes. It's still a good guy conversation. All right. I, uh, this kind of goes, uh, well, it's kind of, that's kind of a breakdown of earlier. So sport bike or bagger bike for me, you know, again, both, I have both, but, um, without a doubt, I, I ride the sport bikes more than I do, uh, the bagger bikes you know, to me, the, instead of going on vacation or like having vacation homes or whatever, for me, it's cars and motorcycles. Um, yeah. because I don't really have the time to go to another property. I mean, we've talked about this, uh, you know, a few times, but so for, for me, it, that's kind of like my vacation is 20, 30 minutes, an hour, you know, right. scattered in throughout the week of driving or riding. And when I find myself, okay, I've got 40 minutes, I want to go, you know, do one of the other, you know, whether it's one of the cars or, or any of the bikes, for me, like I always pick a sport bike if if it's like I've got to reduce it to one fucking choice. Mm -hmm. that, that's just the funnest for me. Some of it is that I, I didn't ride much growing up either. So it's, it's a newer hobby of mine where I've been driving and I, I've driven a lot. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, I haven't driven fast cars much, uh, you know, growing up, up until the last few years, but, um, but there's just, there's that difference kind of like I was talking about earlier, the, the freedom and the, the wind and the, the exhilaration and danger and leaning. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's like another dimension of fun mm -hmm. on a motorcycle. And to me, a bagger or, or a tour type bike versus a fast crotch rocket or sport type bike. Uh, it's kind of that same thing. It's just the, the speed and the handling and the precise nature with which the, the sport bikes, uh, are, are able to be handled is just on another fucking level. It makes them fun. Does doesn't mean that I don't like to jump on a fucking challenger and go for a, a two hour, you know, casual ride right. and blast some music and just relax. That's fun too. But. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think it's uh, it's about the same for me. I grew up on a, like a gold wing, you know, and then 
got into smaller bikes after that. So you really notice the difference, like, holy shit, you know, yeah. like you can do anything you want on a sport bike. Whereas, you know, you're kind of limited on uh, any of these bagger bikes or yeah. big tour bikes. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one of this bunch of, uh, this rapid fire, uh, smoke or grill smoke. Yeah. Yeah. I figured. Well, I, yeah. I mean, again, I hate to answer every question with it depends, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I, yeah, how much pick, time do you have? To, how to, hungry are you? Yeah, to pick one or the other, I'd say smoke, but, um, you know, anything outside of a really, really high quality steak, yeah. you know, piece of beef even, uh, I would, I would pick smoking, you know, if it's a really, really good, like Wagyu or, or super marbled fucking prime piece of red meat, then, then I would say grill, but everything else I would say smoke. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you smoke. You do all that stuff really well. So I just come over to your house. I don't yeah. do. I don't do either. Yeah. I just go out to eat every. <laughs> I, I microwave and DoorDash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, it's the pandemic. It's the yeah. way of the future. Um. All right. Favorite footwear. Hmm. Fucking running shoes. Honestly, I mean that's what I wear most of the time. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, I'm wearing fucking hiking boots right now, but but yeah, most of the time I wear fucking running shoes. You know, yeah. whether it's Solomon's or. Uh, I've got some La Sportivas that are pretty comfortable or just like Asics or fucking Nike running shoes. I do wear Jordans a fair bit. I, I like them. Yeah, as a that's, shoe, but yeah, that's what I know of you is anytime I, I think the majority of what I've seen you in was Jordans yeah, I, a lot for a long time. Yeah. And, and for me, it's uh, like growing up the Air Jordan four uh, model was, was like the hotness when I was in high school and yeah. we sure as fuck couldn't afford them. So now that, it, what's weird is as an adult, like they're kind of a timeless shoe that way. Like most of them are, you know, like, but especially the ones in the fours are kind of, I mean, you see even teenage kids fucking rocking them nowadays and they're, and they're popular, you know, and uh, it's, it's neat and weird to see some of the things that were really popular when we were in high school are, are popular now, but uh, I think they still look good. The biggest thing though is, is uh, like if they weren't comfortable, I wouldn't fuck with them no matter how much I like them. Mm -hmm. But I, my feet are flat as fuck. I don't know if you remember from uh, yeah. you know, being in the platoons together, but it's hard to find shoes that are wide enough that aren't uncomfortable. Like most running shoes, like I'll take the fucking insoles out. So there's no arch support because I, I don't have one. And so like, I don't, yeah, I yeah. don't want, arch support because there, there isn't one there and so it's way more comfortable like most of the shoes or boots that i get are are the wide varieties and jordans are pretty fucking wide shoes so they're just really comfortable for me but yeah and they make good motorcycle riding shoes too yeah they look good they kind of have the black with white um sole going yeah. right yeah. yeah um yeah my jordan is vans i've been wearing vans since i was a kid and i still i've got them on right now yeah um they've gotten more comfortable i gotta say if you put on old school vans yeah. it's like what the fuck it's like two boards taped to your feet yeah but now they've got these yeah. super cushiony versions yeah. that uh, yeah i've become addicted to have you seen the uh like they're almost high top or quarter top yeah like I, have, eight, I have a couple of pairs yeah and too. that's actually what i what i've started wearing more and more riding motorcycles is the, yeah. the vans hte yeah yeah fucking uh those are are like uh they remind me of of like the gsg9 boots or like the danner strikers like they're really light and comfortable but have pretty good ankles yeah they're fucking amazing shoes like, yeah, I, I like I, those too yeah those are awesome i got some, some limited digi version that they yeah. did for a little while or multi-cam um but yeah i enjoy those too um and then uh your favorite topic when you're surfing you're bored what are you surfing most of the time what do you find yourself kind of Almost uh, because of the, the other podcasts I do and, and the hobbies of mine being yeah. bikes and cars, I'd say 90% of the time, if I'm wasting time on the internet, it's watching YouTube reviews of cars and bikes. 
Yeah. You know, and that's where I learned most of, uh, most of it, but it's amazing. I mean, just like with fucking home improvements or, you know, anything like that, uh, there's so much information on YouTube, whether it's track riding or, you know, mechanic tips. I mean, you name it, like there's, there's so much shit you can learn about cars and bikes or anything for that matter on there. And so I just, uh, that's where I, I get most of my information from is watching car reviews and, and uh, bike reviews and track reviews and, you know, shit like that. And that, that's how I, I've gotten into it. But. Yeah. No, you've become pretty damn smart on all that stuff. That's why I ask you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Can You Survive This Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and share on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. All right. So shifting a little bit of gears, getting into current events. Last time you were on, you know, we brought up your your Fox debut. It wasn't a debut, but you were on. on yeah. And the uh, Epstein isn't dead comment, right? No, didn't kill himself. Yeah, that's right. Epstein didn't kill himself. And so now, you know, here we are, what, a year or more later? Yeah. Give or take. Um, and now you've got, uh, what's her name? Jazane uh, Maxwell. Yeah, Jazane. There you go, Maxwell. Right. Now she's she's uh, been tried. And so what are your thoughts these days on any of that? I'm actually kind of surprised that she uh, was found guilty. Uh, I mean, it, it's without a doubt encouraging to see that. I think that whole ring of fucking people, now that she's been convicted, I think there should be like a further investigation into all of her contacts and they should get fried, honestly. You know, yeah. I mean, I know Bill Clinton's fucking one of them. Bill Gates fucking, I mean, there's a bunch of people that, that were in that web of fucking nasty shit that uh are still just walking around completely unimpeded and i i don't understand that you know yeah. so even if it was like a, a a plea deal and maybe they offered that and she turned it down I me mean, who knows but you know to me it i would use that if i was a prosecutor as leverage against her I, i'd try to squeeze her and say hey you can go to jail for the rest of your life where you can turn these fucking scumbags and and uh, get it reduced or even washed if you if you get enough of them you know uh, so we'll see if that happens but um uh, you know like i said I, i'm at least encouraged to see that you know she didn't kill herself in prison you know or, or wasn't <laughs> offed you know yeah by a fucking auto accident or, or whatever you know uh, so it's it's good to see that I, I hope more more comes from it yeah yeah i'm surprised that uh you know, someone that's been living the lifestyle that she's been living wasn't like begging to give up names yeah. just so she could maintain her freedom and her yeah. lifestyle. You know, it's like it's, it blows me away. Yeah. And she didn't give anything up early on and just prevent the trial to begin with. Yeah. No, I know. Um, yeah. Fucking disgusting people. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing we kind of got into uh, last time was we're talking about your car, right? We talked about that, uh, at the time your, your, uh, Pista was pretty brand new. Yeah. And so where are you at with that now? You've been driving the hell out of it. So I'm assuming yeah. you, you love it, hate it. What? Yeah, no, I love it. I, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate and I probably mentioned this the last time, but you know, between just clients that I've had or going to car meets and networking with, with, uh, different guys, you know, here in the, in the Metroplex, I've been very fortunate to be able to, to drive a lot of, uh, cars to see if I like them or not, you know, and I've, I've had a few different ones over the last few years to, to do the same thing with. And, uh, for me, without a doubt, this car is, uh, is kind of the, 
the pinnacle of everything I like, mm-hmm. uh, just like with handguns or fucking trucks or, or fucking hiking boots. I mean, whatever is that, you know, it's a lot of personal preference and whatever th- th- that car just for what I like, uh, suits me better than anything else I've, I've ridden and, and even or driven, um, and even have, you know, I've put almost 10,000 miles on it. I've had it for about a year now and, uh, I drive the shit out of it and I love it. Um, you know, I've had, uh, Audis and Porsches and I've driven, you know, McLarens and Lambos and fucking you name it. And, um, I just, yeah, the, this car is kind of the, the epitome of everything that's, that's fun in a car. It feels like a go-kart. Uh, it, it drives, um, you know, just Im- impeccably well grip wise, um, super responsive. It's fast. It's just really balanced. You know, you, you get a sense of, um, of feeling like you're a better driver than you actually are because the car is that good. Mm. You know, whereas a lot of other cars I've, um, driven have gotten really fucking squirrely and, and are kind of mentally exhausting. Uh, whereas this one is, you know, it's fun and it's playful, but it's, it's balanced and it's controllable, you know? So it's, it's just enough to have fun and, and feel a little squirrely, but not so much to where you're nervous driving it, you know? And, yeah. and, and to me, that's kind of the, the true mark of a really well-engineered car nowadays. And that, you know, with all the different traction control and, uh, you know, different driver assistance aids that, that are available in cars. Um, one of the downsides is that it can make the experience pretty numb. Uh, I think the the nine eleven is kind of a good example of that where it's, it's so good that it kind of sucks, you know, which maybe sounds counterintuitive, but it, it, there's so many, elements to how well engineered it is it takes some of the fun out of driving yes it still handles incredible it's fast it's a very capable car but there there is some element of it's Mm -hmm. almost so good that it's kind of boring um you know and and having one like i again i find myself always preferring the pista you know because it it gives you just enough playfulness to where um, you know, it gets your fucking blood going and, and adrenaline pumping, but not so much to where you're flying off the fucking road and killing yourself. Uh, so it's just, it's such a good car. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, flying off the road, killing yourself, what is the most dangerous, you know, kind of probably scenario you've been in? In that? Yeah. Surprisingly, it was Friday when we did the photo shoot. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've driven it in the cold. Uh, the, these new tires that I have on it are a little bit of a double-edged sword that way. They're like hockey pucks when it's cold and they're not warmed up. So they're actually worse traction in the cold. But when when it's warm and and or and or they're warmed up, then they grip like fucking fly tape. Uh, you know, they have the best grip and traction of any tire by a lot. Um, but it was like 32 degrees, 34 degrees. And, and mm. it had been sitting here for an hour while we were fucking around in here and, you know, just turning out of the parking lot. It didn't even really get on it. I just kind of half throttled it, but it kicked, kicked down, shifted in, in, uh, two gears. And, you know, it's got 710 horsepower and it's rear wheel drive. And, and, uh, it just fucking came completely unglued and, and went, 180 degrees fishtail three times almost ran into the curb and that was very unexpected you know everything everything else that i've done in that car has been very predictable and and not didn't really surprise me uh in a bad way that way Mm -hmm. and uh and this was the first time that that happened but that's that's really it i mean i've had that car uh, almost at its limit speed wise um you know cornering and or you know veering i guess not cornering at that at that speed but threading the needle yeah, yeah. you know and it, and it's performed just flawlessly you know uh, so yeah so i've never felt like holy shit that was dangerous up until here this last friday you know yeah. so 
Uh, that, it's kind of weird that that was the first time after all the things that I've done in that and pushed the envelope in mm -hmm. it, this was the first time it ever really kind of white knuckled me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. It's always that, you know, when you least expect it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, uh, you know, he didn't really have to talk me into it, but Mike kind of sort of, you kind of got me, you know, like back into the well, speed game again, where I was like, Oh God, I'd already yeah. gotten so many tickets in the state of Texas that I started getting the, uh, well, it's one warning really. It's one yeah. letter you get that says, if you get one more, yeah. we're going to take, take your, your license. license and, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, all right, I got to back off this stuff and got rid of anything fast. And then, uh, of course we, you start getting into it and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. So then I got back into it again. And so yeah. we got a chance to drive the other couple of Saturdays ago. And yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, it's a whole lot of fun. The adrenaline, the freedom, yeah. regardless of who else is on the road, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, you, you <laughs> they feel... just, they become part of the, uh, of the fun. Yeah. They whether become they, an obstacle really. Whether they like it or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, well, uh, what's yeah. interesting. I mean, you, you are a big reason why I got into it in the first place, you know, with that, mm -hmm fucking F type that you had oh, that, yeah. you know, you flew out into an intersection. I about fucking blew my anal glands <laughs> yeah. five, six years ago, whenever it was. And, uh, yeah, yeah I was just like, Holy fucking shit. You know, that and a client that had a Ford GT, uh, uh those, those two, two experiences were, uh, were kind of what catapulted me into, into getting it. And then you had that, uh, GLE 450 Mercedes and I got basically the same one and, yeah. and then was hooked after that. So yeah, you were, yeah, yeah. you just went to town. Yeah. Now look at you, get yourself a Ferrari and a Porsche and all yeah. kinds of shit sitting in the yeah. garage. Yeah. Um, all right. That's good stuff. That's the stuff that makes you live longer or, or not, but well, at least more enjoyable. At yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. Now getting into your latest, greatest project, um, unfuck America. Obviously I got to get a sneak peek and I've definitely done what you do. I've, I've scanned this thing. Um, and there's so many great points. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This really is a collection of mic drop interviews, thoughts and processes that you've kind of gone through with guests. And then you put, basically put it in writing, right? Yeah, it, it's, you know, if, if you take all of the guests that I've had that are subject matter experts on big ticket items that our country faces, you know, my my interpretation of, of their take or position mm -hmm. on a lot of that stuff, coupled with what I think, uh, you know, in my experience is all wrapped up into, into kind of a collection of, of thoughts that way. But the, I would say, you know, to reduce it to one kind of mission statement or 32nd elevator pitch is that, you know, the, the country is collectively pretty fucked and, and pissed off. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's very divided that way. Uh, the biggest reason why it's divided from my perspective is, is social media and mainstream media, pushing a narrative that they want pushed. But when you look at the data, which I think is, you know, whether you're talking cars, fucking jujitsu, shooting, being a chef, whatever, like that, that's what makes things what they are. Um, that does, the data doesn't reflect what's being pushed as it relates to, you know, what our country faces and, and what's the most dangerous. Like if you look at the top 10 problems that our country faces, none of them are are regularly touted by the media or pushed in social media, whether it's TikTok videos or shorts or, or whatever, is that there's very little coverage on that. And so, you know, for me, it's like, well, if the country is in kind of a shitty state of affairs, we're, we're looking at the wrong problems. We're addressing the wrong plot problems. We're divided about the wrong problems. And ultimately we're pissed about the wrong things that are actually negatively impacting this country. And so, uh, it starts with that of saying, you know, here's what's actually going on. 
uh, here's why it's a problem. Like, here's how we got here. Here's how we address it. And then here's ultimately how, how we fix it. But it's on a macro scale as a country, but it's also on a micro scale as an individual, because I think one of the big problems that people run into is they feel overwhelmed by all of the things that go on in this country. And, and they look at, you know, whether it's social issues, military, foreign policy, the stock market, fucking the economy, what have you. And they think, well, what the fuck can I do about any of that? Like my vote doesn't even count. There's nothing I can do to change mm -hmm. the price of gas, you know, whatever it is. And so it's it's giving people uh, kind of a glimpse into into their own experience as as how they can uh, actually do something. There's a, a precursor in it that I think is really, really important to bring up, too, which is it, there's three things that you have to ditch going into any conversation, which is uh, emotion, which, you know, clouds everybody, you know, myself included, is that if you're making decisions when you're emotional about them, they're almost always wrong. Uh, religion. For the, for the same reasons, uh, mm -hmm. is that you've got to be able to separate your religious beliefs. doesn't mean that you have to get rid of them, but you have to be able to separate them and not let them completely influence every aspect of, uh, you know, of, of social policy and, and uh, issues facing our country. Uh, and then last but not least, so the, the first one, again, is uh, uh, emotion, emotion uh, religion, religion, and then politics. Yeah. Uh, most people identify uh, with a political party and there's a huge problem with that is that it's that groupthink mentality is that if you look at most social issues that divide this country, most people feel a certain way about them based on whatever their political beliefs are, not what they actually think. Um, you know, and when people start talking through the nuance of different social issues, most people find that they have way more in common than they do not in common. And so um, one of the reasons for that is, is that they're emotional, they're politically motivated by something, or they're religiously infused into that. And so if you get rid of all of those three, those three things and also come into the conversation with the prospect that you might actually be wrong, then everybody can have open and honest conversations and actually have traction, you know, sorting through the problems that we have when, when you come in emotional with, you know, politically and, and religious based views and, and thinking to yourself, I can't be wrong. You're, you're never going to get anywhere in any fucking conversation. You right. know? And so each uh, chapter, whether it's guns, the border, mm -hmm. you know, foreign policy, whatever I, I go through all of it, abortion, prison, you name it. Um, again, the, the, the problems that, that uh, our, our country faces more predominantly than everything else is that that precursor of making sure that, that those boxes are checked before you start thinking about this and before we go into it, uh, you know, are, are addressed. And so I, I kind of precurse each uh, chapter with that. The last thing I will say, uh, you know, in terms of my advice uh, for the reader uh, while you're reading the book, and it goes into that same vein, is that you've got to be um, willing to, to have your mind changed, is that I give an example in there of, uh, a, a big social divisive issue that, that I actually changed my mind on. And, and it's, uh, you know, kneeling for the anthem. Uh, and it's not to say that I, I like it or that I am quote unquote, okay with it. It's the fact that, you know, you, you've got to let people do what they want to do. And then you, you can vote with your wallet by either not watching, not paying attention or, or paying attention. But because yeah. at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, you know, the NFL is a fucking business. And you can buy their product or not, you know, um, and, and to me, it's it's an important distinction to say, even though I can't stand it. Right. It, it, it infuriates me to see 
professional athletes kneeling during the playing of, of our anthem. The fact is, is it is a free country. And even though I disagree with it, I want the NFL to be able to run their franchises however the fuck they want. Just just like I don't want somebody telling me how to run my business. Right. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, I can choose to just not not watch football if, if it bothers me that much. And so I use that as an example because, you know, most people, uh, you know, when when giving advice, a lot of times won't give examples of, of them taking their own advice, you know, and it is so important that people go into conversations with the thought that they might actually be wrong, um, you know, to, to go in there honestly and openly and, and be able to, to have their mind changed. You know, religion is a, I think a classic example that most, whether it's Christians, Muslims, Buddhists, whatever Jews, uh, you name it, is that most of them think that they're right, you know, and, and we'll go into a, a, a religious argument with somebody with, with absolutely zero prospect that, that they might actually be wrong and the other person is right, you know? And so it's, it's tough to have a conversation with somebody in that frame of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a lot. That's a lot of good stuff. And starting back at the beginning with media, I'm with you. I think the media twists and turns and we all know that you're not really getting current or accurate information. Yeah. doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on. It's, mm -hmm. it's always just drama. Yeah. They hire actors and actresses at this point. You can see them bounce. You know, I've seen several anchors from Fox end up over on CNN yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. And, um, you know, the reality is, is that's how it should be. You mm -hmm. should be able to take an anchor and they work on either for yeah. multiple uh, networks mm -hmm. because the networks aren't supposed to be politically yeah. like driven, yeah. <laughs> but they are. Yeah. And uh, their allegiance uh, flips with, uh, with whatever the highest dollar is and yeah. they move around. And so therefore you can't really, uh, you can't really trust it. And I agree. It doesn't cover the things that need to be covered, but for the listeners, I mean, here's the table of contents on this thing, you know, you know, America, the rich, spoiled brat, you know, I think that's great. It's very honest down to earth. Two is uh, how do we get so fucked anyway? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Bend over, I'll show you. Yeah. Three, you have escaping the echo chamber. Who the hell raised these kids? Jay-Z isn't Jesus. Shut up, Karen. Our borders, America's in, in, uh, inequalities, guns. Uh, human trafficking, social issues, the economy, foreign policy, and you. I think, uh, I mean, once again, the title is Unfuck America. I may not have mentioned that at the beginning. Um, what I like about it is as opinionated as I know you to be, just like me and anybody else, you pretty much stay to the facts in here. You keep it somewhat like, I'm not going to say down the middle, but it's your middle yeah. from what I know of you, right? Yeah. Well, I, again, I think you have to is that, you know, is you see it like even just the other day I was watching, uh, you know, Congress grilling Dr. Fauci. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to me, like whether it's, you know, politicians, even though they're politicians, I, I, I really view it. And this may sound ridiculous to some people, but but similar to teachers in that, you know, to me, a, a true ethical and, and non-biased or at least. Uh, open and fair politician, you, you shouldn't know that they're a Republican or a Democrat when you're talking to them, you know, right. generally speaking, like yeah. if, if you truly have the best interest of our country in mind, it shouldn't be blatantly fucking obvious the second you open your mouth, what party you're in. I feel the exact same way about teachers is it to me. And this is a, a huge problem plaguing our country is that, you know, if, if as a student, whether you're in third grade or 12th or in college or whatever, you should have no fucking idea what your political, what the political beliefs of your, your teacher are. I think that's a huge problem in our country. 
Um, mm-hmm. But so so in that same vein is that if if you're reading this book and you think right away, like, oh, he's a bleeding fucking Republican, you know, super conservative, fucking hawkish, you know, pro-military, go fuck everybody up. And and every element of my you know opinion or, or perspective just exudes that uh, in the book. It's like, well, that's super biased and, and I'm not taking my own fucking advice is that again, it's. Like you, you can be pissed about whatever you want to be pissed about, but let's look at the numbers. You know, the, the yeah. fact is, is that even like 18 to, to 45 right now, opioid deaths are, are a higher uh, mortality rate than COVID. Right. Where, where have you ever heard any of that on, on any media? Nowhere. Right? right. There's constant fucking coverage of vaccines and, and COVID and blah, blah, blah. There's not a single fucking mention of kids, kids, you know, or people between that, that age range. I mean, that's a wide swath. That's, you know, the, the bulk of the, the productivity time of your adult life, 18 to 45. Uh, and I say that, you know, with you being on the tail end of that, <laughs> us being on the tail end of that. So yeah. you know, we can fade into the, into the night, but that's right. You know, but, but that as an example is, is that, you know, when, when you're being force fed all of this stuff and it's, and it's a narrative and it's easy to read between the lines as to what, somebody's trying to get across it, it poisons your interest in even wanting to hear any further. And the last thing I wanted is for somebody to start reading this book and be like, fuck this guy. Mm. This book isn't for the people that, that already think the way that I think it's for the people that don't, you know, yeah. but, but are willing to go into it with at least an open enough mind to read through, uh, you know, the mechanisms data driven, uh, with which I, I try to outline what the problems are and, and how they can actually be fixed, you know? So, um, it, it was really important for me for it not to be, you know, a, uh, a predictable book that way. Yeah, no, I didn't find it. So, and I learned a lot through this. I mean, you've obviously collected a lot of great information from your, your guests and as being a host, you've learned a lot and you yeah. can see it through here. I mean, I think most people would, you know, if you look at the, uh, the book, the cover, you know, it's got that Republican Democrat, you know, kind of vibe and feel pointing fingers at each other, which is uh, yeah. 100% true. Uh, but it would also make someone wonder, is Mike thinking about politics? We will be right back after the break. Uh, not really. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about there, I don't know if you managed to glance through it, but um I, I think one of the biggest problems with our political system and structure is the fact that people want those positions and can run for them. Um, you know, I think just trying to do it almost uh, should disqualify you right out of the gate. You know, and, and the example I use in, in there in terms of the mechanism with which we try to select politicians is is a, mm. a pretty dramatic shift from what it is now. But you know, two of the biggest problems are money, you know, and, and influence from corporate uh, sponsors or donors or whatever, which, you know, obviously ties into money. But th- there's a level of corruption that in any other country, it's called corruption. And here it's called or bribery. And, and here it's called fucking lobbying. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, that that's a toxic poison environment. And so, you know, I, I use the the grand jury selection system uh, of, a, of a small county where the uh, where the kennel facility is. And, and this wouldn't work on the national scale, um, but it would work for um, the the level of government specifically in the legislative branch. And so all Congress and Senate uh, could, and in my opinion, should be selected this way, which is that each region, county, whatever the, the demographic is that, um, you know, that the people now currently run in, you know, whatever region or, yeah. or district 
uh, is that you know there there's a a list, a very short list of you're basically a, a productive member of society. You're up to date on your taxes. You're not a convicted felon. You live there for a certain amount of time, and and you know you're you're a, a net positive citizen for a certain amount of time in this area. So from there, just like with jury duty, um, you know you are are selecting ten names, five names, whatever it is. Uh, of people that you think should be your congressman for that represents that area. Hmm. And then they take that list of names and whoever gets the most votes from everybody there doesn't get a fucking choice. And just like with jury duty, you're the guy that's going to represent Texas's third district because that many fucking people think you're the best guy for the job. And it's a hmm. two year gig. You don't get a fucking choice. Uh, and that's how it works. And, and you can't do that for the presidency because there, there's too many complications nationwide that way. However, if the Congress and the Senate, you know, they're, they're the biggest check and balance for the entire three branches of government in that all Supreme Court nominations, while they're nominated by the president, they have to be signed off on and, and actually passed through, Vetted, yeah. through the legislative branch. You know, mm -hmm. obviously the legislative branch, if it's all people who don't even want that fucking job but are there because there's that many people that think that they're the right person for the job, I think that gives us our best bet. At sifting through all of the bullshit, the, the shitty earmarking, it takes all of the money out of politics in terms of I can't say, you know, hey, mm. Bill, if you run for fucking Congress, I'm going to donate three million in, in this construction company that I own. Once you get in there, you know, that highway project that needs to run through our county like that, that comes to mean there's none of that. Right. You know, um, so uh, is that a perfect fix? No, nothing is. Um, you know, but I think that that's as, as good of a start as we can without full blown revolution uh, yeah. to, to cleaning up the political mess where there's a, a huge incentive for people to go there and, and make money. Because I don't care if it's the the Republican that you think is the best dude or the Democrat that, you know, you, you feel is, is the best uh, in office. Every single example of everybody that goes to the legislative branch comes out at least 10x worth what they were when they started, even if they serve one term, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. it's, and it's a huge indicator of, of what the underlying problems are uh, in Washington, DC that are never going to get fixed. Because if you expect, um, you know, the legislative branch to, to audit themselves or police themselves and fix those problems, it's like asking the, the Fox to audit himself in the hen house. Like they're always <laughs> going to find themselves not guilty and, and okay to keep doing. Yeah, no doubt. So many things I agree with there. I kind of like that, you know, lack of better turns draft type, yeah. you know, you don't get a fucking system. Choice. You don't get a choice. You're going to go serve. It's limited. I do agree because they, they make a fucking career out of it. Yeah. And then you never really get any new, fresh ideas, thoughts, processes in place because yeah. they're all stuck in the old cycle. Yeah. And the the big one you just pointed out is the perks end up superseding their promises yeah. every fucking time. They go in making mm -hmm. 135 a year. They come out gazillionaires. Yeah. And it's like, how is that possible? Yeah. I mean, it's there's only one way that's possible. Right. You know? And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that and that I think is the is the drop of poison in the well that, that ruins the rest of the government. Because again, that that's the biggest body of people. It's the most accurate representation of the entire country, all super concentrated mm -hmm. into one small body of people. Um, you know, the president, you know, can be vetoed by them and, you know, they have super majorities that they can, uh, you know, they, they can not allow the president to do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. No Supreme court justices can, can be, uh, you know, put in no matter how many times are nominated uh, or how many of them shit bag wise are nominated if they're not the right ones. And 
and it's a, an accurate representation of, of our nation, then they're, that's like the one fail safe, you know? So yeah. to me that, that makes sense. And, and to your question, do I think about running? No, I don't. For that reason is that number one, I, I think it, it's such a broken system. There needs to be something else, uh, you know, put in place, something like that. I don't know how you'd implement that without, uh, you know, go, going in there. But, um, but I think to put your family through, you know, the opposition research and, and all the mudslinging that exists, it's just not worth it, uh, especially when it's such a corrupted environment anyway. Um, you know, there, ha- there has to be a bigger change. Now, if if it was the system that I'm talking about doing and God forbid they they were crazy enough to think I'm the best guy for the job. Uh, yeah, I would do it because I would I'd have to and, and I would feel honored and morally obligated to, to serve because my countrymen felt I should. You know, and yeah. to me, that that's as as good of a reason, uh, you know, to go to Washington as exists, you know, is that there's more more people in, in your area that think the highest of you to, to say you're the guy we want want representing but yeah i'll vote for you mike okay you got my vote <laughs> oh, i'll just i'll just hang out be part of your entourage just yeah, take, take pictures of you director of security yeah but uh yeah i mean i'm i'm with you it's like you know very few serve their country most just serve themselves yeah you know and that's what this country is made of and most people don't like hearing that but it's the truth you know there's and it's on both sides yeah. you know i mean <clears throat> yeah it's but, uh the not but this book i mean at the end of the day it's like it's the most non-political political book that's out there, yeah. you know, and you kind of lay it out there in a, you know, straight to the point, no fucking around. And I think that's that's needed these days. And you're cutting through a lot of the bullshit with the facts uh, and just maintaining that without uh, a whole lot of opinion, which yeah. I, I think uh, a lot of people, they, they write books to basically throw their opinion out there. But this is not yeah. that opinionated as what I've noticed. So, um where can people find this? Really, any anywhere that you can buy books. I mean, yeah. it's Amazon. You can find it on microlandco.com. Uh, but you know, you can you can order it off of Barnes and Noble and Walmart and all that shit too. Like they're surprisingly carrying it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, but, I mean, you did put an at little yeah. asterisk and but still, I mean, what's funny is like if if I order <clears throat> uh, books from the uh, from the the printing warehouse uh, on the actual cardboard box. It's not bleeped out. It says unfuck America and a big sticker on it. <laughs> you probably uh, have some fans working in the yeah, shop there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. But the, the last thing in there that, that I do want to mention yeah. um, is that, you know, I, I end it with basically lead by example. You know, that, that is the one thing right. that, that we all can do is that it's real easy to, to sit on your perch and criticize how everybody else is doing their shit. Uh, that, that's, you know, the, the, synopsis of the shut up Karen chapter is mind your fucking business. Yeah. But one of our biggest problems is we're not willing to live or to, um, you know, do the things ourselves that we expect everybody else to do. Um, you know, and, and, you know, a combination of, you know, just taking care of yourself, being physically active, eating good food, you know, exercising, staying relatively healthy to not burden the healthcare system, which is its whole chapter on its own. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then just doing the things that you expect everybody else to do, not because the camera's on you, not because you're doing it for fucking Instagram, uh, you know, or trying to take credit or virtue signal. It's that, you know, anybody who, who sees other people doing good things and, and leading by example, because it's the right thing to do. If everybody does that collectively, our country is, is several notches higher than it is now. So 
Yeah. Yeah, that's solid points right there. See, you're going to run. You're going to run for something. You're full of shit. You're already practicing all these lines. I won't. You you will not see me run for a fucking thing. I can tell you that. Uh, Well, I also noticed on the non-political route, you've also got like parenting in here. Yeah. Some good stuff on parenting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got plenty of examples of where I've made mistakes (laughs) and I own up to them. All of us, man. Yeah, it's tough. Being a parent's the toughest, toughest thing out there. They don't give you a manual, right? You just kind of figure it out as you go. And, uh, you know, if you were parented really well, then you'll probably be a good parent if you've got those examples. You know, as people know, mine got divorced early and I was raising a kid when I was in high school with my little brother. But um, you you had a pretty solid. I did. You know, my my parents, I mean, my biggest corruption in life has come from the Navy. Honestly, my my parents (laughs) did a a really good job of uh, of raising all of us. Got two older brothers and a younger sister. And, um, you know, they're still still together. They to this day, I've never heard them argue uh, or fight. Uh, You know, they they rarely even disagree. I mean, it's like leave it to fucking be right. Yeah. At our house. And, uh, you know, they yeah, they just did a really good job of um of kind of walking that that fence line of motivating and inspiring us to to do the right things um you know but having enough of a consequence to where we weren't entitled spoiled assholes either yeah so um yeah i mean i i tell them on a regular basis uh how uh i'm in awe really of of the job that they did and that i wish i was half the parents that that they were because i i'm not uh you know but they uh yeah they just they did a really really good job yeah they did yeah, yeah, sure as fuck did. <laughs> um, is that arrogant to say my parents did a good job? I don't know. Maybe it is. No, I think uh, I think you're living, breathing, walking uh, truth and fact of that, you know, so they should be proud um, not to stroke you at all. But you've done done some good stuff. Is that what's happening under the table? <laughs> the fuck we'll rotate out of book world. So, hey, you know, I'm going to say it at the end, but I'll say it again. Unfuck America. You can get it pretty much anywhere. You should check it out. Um, it's a great read, I think, for just about anybody. Um, obviously, uh, Mike uses his favorite word throughout here. Fuck, it's right. it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, so for parents out there, you know, you want to get your kids reading that stuff, just beware. That's it. It's not a big deal, though. They're going to be saying that word long before you know they're saying that word. Yeah. With their friends and their drugs. Um, now moving into the future, what do you got coming up? Any, any good stuff coming up? Uh, mostly just focusing on the, on the product side of the business. I do, you know, still sell personal protection dogs and, and the occasional police dog. Uh, the online training is, is still going kind of as is Yeah, uh, with the team dog online training. Uh, we have brought in some, um, some trainers to help, uh, with consults and, and in-person training and stuff. Cause I, I just don't have the time to, to do all of it. So uh, we're kind of growing the uh, the organic or team dog uh, actual base uh, that way of, of bringing people in. But like I said, we you know we launched food and treats uh, last year. Uh, we're on Chewy now, which was a huge uh, monument monumental hurdle, but um, but really really big feather in the cap in my opinion. Oh, hell yeah! Uh, so you know all of the the supplements, the treats, and the food is all available on Chewy now, which uh, is, is kind of a game changer. That's fucking that huge. So, yeah, congrats on that. Yeah, I appreciate it. So it's, it's really focusing on that. I'm, I'm trying to build the dog food treats, supplements, products, you know, collars, leashes, crates, all that stuff, uh, but primarily the food treats and supplements to a level where that's kind of the main main gig of what I'm doing is uh, is running a, a dog food treat and supplement company, you know, or a dog product company. So I'll, I'll still sell dogs uh, as long as it makes sense to, but um, you know, the, the long term is kind of going more into the product based business versus the service based, which is what I've been doing in, in selling dogs. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're diversifying. You're building enterprise. I mean, I, I tell you all the time. It's cool to watch. I've been watching you the whole time. And while I was in watching you build and getting screwed over and then, yeah. you know, you've recovered from that uh, really well. I hope that dude is watching. And yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't even care if he is. I mean, success to me, is the ultimate revenge. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, like getting to a place where you don't care about revenge is the best. revenge. That is. Which, you know, which is really that I yeah. don't like I don't ever think about it. I mean, and he's not the only there's been several. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, instances of getting fucked over, uh, which, you know, whatever, that's life. And I'm not going to like, I, I just don't waste any time thinking about it, you know, yeah. um, because it, I think it, it does a disservice to, to your productivity. And it also furthers them kind of winning and continuing to fuck you over if they're living between your ears, you know, so forget about it and move on. You no know? doubt. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And I've also noticed as we get older, right. I yeah. mean, every decade, you, yeah, you just yeah, I always tell fuck. Yeah, you don't care anymore. Yeah. It's like the the 48 version of Clint wouldn't hang out with the 38 version yeah. of Clint. You know, you just change that much. Yeah. Hopefully you do. I mean, yeah. That's the whole you point. Should. You shouldn't yeah. just be the same person your yeah. whole fucking life. Yeah. You should evolve. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's great stuff. So anything else? That, that's another, really it. Uh, yeah. Continuing to do the podcast. Uh, any more books? Probably not. But, um, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah. It's certainly not something I'm planning on doing. Uh, like I said, I... I, you know, I've, I've kind of gone full circle and, and learned the hard way or come to the realization more than once the hard way that there's a, a happy medium of having enough irons in the fire to be diverse to where your eggs aren't all in one basket, but mm -hmm. it's easy to, to have too many things going and then you end up half-assing and fucking them <laughs> yeah. up, you know? So I, I'm trying to really just focus on, on the products, you know, the, the food treats and supplements primarily yeah, and continue to, you know, run the foundation and, and do the podcast and, and the, the other things that I've been doing, but maintain those and, and put most of my effort into, into this. So. Right. Yeah. And I think in business, the, uh, the term Jack of all trades, master of none is the worst philosophy Yeah, because you really do need to master one or two things yeah. in order to be successful and actually generate cash flow. Yeah. Cause if you're mediocre at everything, then there's a right. lot of mediocre people out there. You know, it's like, why, why pick you over anybody else then? You know? Right. So yeah, it's the tricky part is, is that you know, if, if you have too many, too much emphasis or too much focus on any one thing and then something happens with that, mm -hmm. then you're, you're fucked, you know? So That's right. it's like, you gotta have a couple of things that you're, that you're really fucking good at, you know, that you can, if one of them is bad for a few months or totally shits the bed or whatever that, uh, you know, you're not out on your ass, but, um, but you don't want, yeah, you don't want so many things to where you just half ass it and that's easy to do. You know, no it's hard, hard to say no when you're hungry and, opportunities start presenting themselves they're all good ideas you know mm -hmm. but if, if they're not executed right uh, they'll they'll fuck you over you know yeah and and guys like us were kind of easily distracted too especially yeah. by good ideas and yeah. great little adventures you know it's like well yeah i want to do that but learning to say no yeah man it's important and it's hard but it's <laughs> it necessary is. yeah it is you're listening to can you survive this podcast thanks for tuning in Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and share on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. We got to shift. All We're right. shifting into uh, your adventure, right. your, your, your survival scenario. Yeah. yeah. We've got the fire going. We have skulls. We have all these reminders of danger. Um, 
So your hypothetical scenario, and for those of you listening, you know, because we're doing in person now, we can put the scenario here on the screen and kind of go through the questions and make this a whole lot more fun and interactive. So make sure you're checking out YouTube channel or any other place where you can watch it. Um, All right. So here we go. Your hypothetical survival scenario. Uh, You're at the bank. Okay. And you have gone to make a large cash deposit. All that, all that dough you make. Um, there's about 12 people in line. Uh, you're close to the end of the line. Okay. And uh, only two bank tellers are working. So you're kind of just standing around waiting. And uh, when was the last time you actually done this? Yesterday. Really? Yep. No shit. I don't deal. I don't deal with cash at all. But before then, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yesterday, right. because because of a motorcycle that came available, uh, that's yeah. the only reason. But yeah, before that, it's been I couldn't tell you how fucking yeah. years yeah. probably. But yeah, I don't do it anymore with this. Um, but suddenly you hear gunshots. All right, two armed men yelling at everyone to get down on the ground. Okay, so first question: Do you a sprint for the exit or b get on the ground? Now you know I'm gonna say, I'm gonna have like 30 amplifying <laughs> questions. Well, what about this? What about yeah, this? Yeah. Can, can you at least answer? Is are the armed robbers between me and the exit? Uh, you, you know, probably. I mean, you're at the end of the line. You hear this. It's a little random. It's um, like they're behind me. And yeah, you're not. Like, well, you're not entirely sure, really. Yeah, you just hear the gunfire, and you know, gunfire inside is omnidirectional. Yeah, you can't really tell where it's coming from. So, yeah, and what's your first reaction? I mean, get on the ground. For yeah, sure, but. yeah, it's it's like uh, contact drills, right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, uh, get on the ground and assess what the fuck's going on. Like to me, sprinting for the exit means you're you're an immediate target. <laughs> so the answer is yes. B. Get on the ground, and yeah. and and it just kind of like the basics of what we learned in land warfare, right? As soon as you hear gunfire. It's a contact drill. You hit the deck. You call it out. You try. You, once you're on the deck, then you're trying to look around and go, okay, now where the hell is this coming from? So you can call out contact left, contact right, or whatever, right? But it, ultimately, it's like hit the deck immediately and get yeah. guns out in all directions. Um, you know, same thing plays here. Keeping it simple because, like I always say, you know, crisis will complicate the rest. Yeah. All right, next question. You lie face down on the ground. The robbers bark orders at the bank tellers. Do you, A, offer them a large amount of cash that you have on you, or B, play it cool, keep quiet, and assess the situation? For a thousand percent sure, B. <laughs> yeah. this, this reminds me of the first question on who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> Is it uh, green eggs and A, motor oil, B, concrete? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, you've got it. It's uh, Let's check. Ooh, look at that. Now we're ripped. Okay, so, yeah, play it cool, keep quiet, and assess. That's right. Blend in as much as you can. You don't want to stand out. And if you start offering money, you just ID'd yourself and also put a target on your back. Pull out my invisibility cloak. (laughs) Yeah, that would be ideal. That would be ideal. All right, next question. Um. You can't tell if the security guard is armed or not. So do you, A, try to get the guard's attention and figure out whether he's armed, or B, bum rush the two armed robbers while their backs are turned? I mean, for me, I would still probably just lay there and assess, but having to pick between the two, I would say A. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, you want to get the attention. You're building a team, basically, you know? So A is correct. You know, get the, get his attention, see if he's armed, see what's going on. I mean, ultimately, it's like, hey, what what weapons can I get my hands on? And if the yeah. guard doesn't have anything, yeah. now you can start looking for other improvised weapons, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, they yell at a woman and tell her they will kill her. So do you A, let them take her, 
<laughs> or B, volunteer to go in her place. Is she hot? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean... It's a tough one, actually. It's kind of yeah. kind of one of those. Hey, are you going to be? Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, sacrifice. Uh, the way I view, you know, that that dynamic of a situation is is anything that you do that interrupts their plan, out outside of shooting them, mm-hmm. like anything where you draw attention to yourself. Like they're super reactive in, in that mentality. Like as much as I don't want to let them take the girl, I think that's the better answer. Just because if you do this there's a good chance they're just going to be reactive and fucking shoot you. So I would say, Hey, so you're going to look out for yourself. Got it. So just as a review for those listening, it's uh they're yelling at a woman and they tell her they're going to kill her. A is uh let them take her <laughs> B is volunteer to go in her place. But uh, for this scenario, yeah. So volunteer and go in her place. We, we kind of, I think we're building this once again, the beauty of this is I don't build these. So yeah. it allows that discussion, but yeah, I'm with you. You know, if you're going to volunteer to take someone's place, it can't be very like reactive or, you know, loud. Yeah. And like, take me, you know, cause yeah. you just never know how that event will go. And you got a bunch of <laughs> idiots uh, with, you know, potentially their fingers on the yeah. trigger. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, so, way, yeah. the way I look at the whole scenario is while, while they're there, like if, if they're, uh, ha- have a a level of superiority, firepower, manpower wise. Like yeah. if, I, if I'm not armed, all of that, anything you do that that's going to interrupt what they're trying to accomplish is going to piss them off and, right. and make them more likely to do something stupid. So I, I would rather play it totally cool, play it totally cool, and, and then fucking bum rush them, you know, with a gun or, or whatever that way, you know. But but only if, if I'm confident that that I can win, you know, yeah, like I'm yeah. not going to throw myself on a fucking grenade that way. Like there's nine of them and I have a pocket knife. Like right. it, it would have to be wait, wait until there's a good opportunity to, to shoot them both in the back of the head or whatever. And then, yeah, I would absolutely do that. But um, anyway, yeah, I think that's right. And the other side, the flip side of that <laughs> is by volunteering yourself, you're getting yourself, if you're confident in your skills and your capabilities, volunteering yourself gets you automatically next to them or at least yeah. one or two of them so that you can then do whatever you want potentially yeah. um, as soon as they've got someone else it's making your job a little harder because now you're talking about a hostage um, okay so they stand you up at gunpoint and they begin to zip tie your hands in front of your body do you a resist the fight resist and fight or b allow them to zip tie your hands in front of you and pressing your wrists outward so that the ret- restraints will be looser you know, I mean, for me at that point, I'm going to resist and fight. I'm like, I'm not going to let him tie me up. You know, maybe that'd get me killed, but I just wouldn't, you know, like at that point, I'm sure the answer is B, but for me, I'm still picking A. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh yeah, you're right. It is B. Um, the, uh, I get it though. You know, it's not our nature to, you be know, taken, like be just, taken, yeah, right. just but not. sometimes you have to temporarily surrender knowing that, Hey, I know how to get out of zip ties. Yeah. Um, and once again, it's a distraction. It eats up time and it allows you time is, is, is a big deal because time gives you opportunities, opportunities, yeah. you know, increase survivability. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. I get it. Like if you want to fight, you fight. Um, uh, but you can eat up some time and set yourself up once again for success by, uh, being taken and zip tied. Yeah. And just so people know, I mean, I've talked about this several times. Zip ties, you know, is another but a very fragile ratchet system that can be broken the same way you get out of tape. But if it's the thick, heavy duty ones, then you just got to use a shim of some sort. You know, you hear about bobby pins and other things you can shove in between, you know, the, the, the actual ratchet mechanism in the teeth and it just slips right off. So, you know, you can get out later. All right. 
No, it didn't stall that time. Okay. They take you outside and they begin to force you into the back seat of their car. Uh, it's a little four-door Honda. So do you, A, take off running down the street, or B, play it cool and get in the car? A. Hey, so yeah, he's going to go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> if I'm not going to let him tie me up, I'm sure not going to fucking get in their car either. But. So yeah, Mike, uh, going with A, he's going to run down the street. The answer is B, uh, play it cool and get in the car. Once again, um, when you're outnumbered, outgunned, taking severe blows to the head, whatever's going on, sometimes you have to temporarily surrender so you can live another day. The last thing you want to do is get shot in the back or knocked out and then wake up somewhere where you don't know where the fuck you are and with the real restraints in place. You know, it's a Dexter moment. You don't want to be yeah. uh, buttoned naked wrapped up in uh you know yeah. uh plastic wrap with yeah. uh with dexter cutting your cheek so he can collect your blood and put it on a slide <laughs> fucking kidneys in an ice bath <laughs> yeah but uh, mike is fighting all the way yeah regardless of whether he's well, not all the way like yeah. i'd get down initially i wouldn't fight him but again it's so many like yeah you know it, it, let's say not to get too off track but let's say there's two doors right mm -hmm. and i don't know if you can see this on the camera but mm -hmm. Like, let's say I'm at the end of the line right by one door and they yeah. come in the other door. Like, yeah, I'm just going to get the yeah. fuck out of the door. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, I also always have a fucking gun on me, you know, yeah. so I would get down and I would slowly pull my gun out, wait for both of them to have their backs turned and I would shoot both of them. There you go. You, you know, but uh, and I get that, you know, these are, are a little more 30,000 foot view uh, questions. But yeah, like I'm not letting anybody uh, zip tie me and I'm not getting in anybody's car fucking unwarranted. Like I'm just, I'm too arrogant of a fucking prick that way. Like I'm just not doing it. You know? Yeah. But, I'm with you, man. If you can fight and you have the ability, then you should. But there's a lot of people out there that just don't yeah. and think they could. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the delineating difference there. Um, the doors of the vehicle are locked. Do you, A, unlock the door and jump out of the car as soon as it slows at 20 miles per hour? Or B, play it cool for now, since the cops should be showing up soon. I mean, in the the way that this is going, I'm going to say B, <laughs> B is probably the answer that, uh, that they say to do. But There you go. Yeah, look at you. You're back yeah. on a winning streak yeah. again. Yeah, so, you know, playing it cool once again, you are now keeping these guys uh, at bay from everybody else, really, at the end of the day. You, you, you can look like, look at it the, the two ways and there's no right or wrong. Once again, it goes back to skill and capability and what you, what you got the balls to do, uh, jumping out at 20 miles per hour though. I think you picked the right one either way yeah. because, uh, that would be no fun. I'm going to go see, slide my shoes off, <laughs> put my feet up into the driver's seat and try to foot jerk off the driver and calm him down. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think that would actually work. Yeah. Like, All right, let's see what the next one is here. All right, so now the cops are chasing you guys. All right, and uh, you're in the you're in a high speed pursuit <laughs> along the highway. Do you a reach up and uh, rip the e brake, or b beg the robbers to slow down because it's scary? Yeah, uh, neither. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably just let it happen. But uh, I guess if you have to pick one of the two, it, I mean, I'm not going to beg them to do shit. Like I'm not going to be in the car, but. I, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm surprised that that's the that's the answer actually. But <laughs> Based on the others, yeah, yeah, it's like don't fuck with them, don't fuck with them. Okay, fuck with them. Right. Yeah. Now you're at the point where maybe you can help out because you got backup behind you. Yeah. But yeah, reaching up and grabbing that e-brake. I mean, uh, if anybody knows or been able to do this, I mean, any modern car doesn't even fucking have an e-brake anymore. It's kind of yeah. irritating. Yeah. And it's all electronic and computer driven now. Um, but you know, once again, it's old school Honda. So you're, uh, you're, you're fortunate enough where you can reach and grab that handbrake. It's going to lock up only the rear wheels. Um, so, you know, depending on the driver and which way he turns the steering wheel could really, uh, 
you know, especially at high speed, you're, yeah. you're looking at hurting everybody to include yourself if you start tumbling down the down the road. So be careful with that. The two robbers are knocked out, right? Because, uh, yeah, you pulled the e-brake, you went tumbling down the road. Um, so now you attempt to exit the vehicle or B, take their guns. I mean, I'm going to take their guns, but I think most people should get the fuck out of the vehicle. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Getting away from the vehicle. You don't know, uh, you know, is it going to catch on fire? Is it going to blow up? What's going to go on? Some kind of crazy Hollywood scene um, and just get distance. Distance equals uh, survivability. Um, but taking their guns, you know, is also a, an option because if you're a trained person and you think you can do it in a timely manner and get yourself to safety at the same time, go for it. I right? mean, so to me, like take their guns and then run that way you're you're hooking the cops up of they're not walking up getting fucking ambushed you know but well that's the other piece is that do the cops know you're a good guy or a bad guy running away from the vehicle with guns yeah well no so i mean like take them fucking yeah you know Ditch just them. get, get them yeah. out of their hands you know out the side of the vehicle or whatever and, and take off running that way they're not in their fucking hands or yeah. laps or whatever you know but it's a good point and we know you know cops sometimes you got some good ones out there yeah i mean they may shoot you for fleeing you know who fucking knows yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah you gotta take so there's a lot of uh <clears throat> things to take into consideration when you you don't want to be running with guns in your hands but at the same time you need to get the guns away from the bad guys all right so you leave the robber's guns okay you crawl out of the, the wrecked vehicle of course we're setting you up here a little bit so do you a run to the cops or b Show the cops your hands and say, I'm unarmed. Got to go with B. They took me hostage, yeah. Obviously, you don't want, you don't want them shooting you. Bum rush the cops. They're like 18-year-old Marines with fucking 50 cows sometimes. You know what I mean? I know it. <laughs> and good job, buddy. Good you night. survived barely because you missed three, which is a 70. Is that and, right? Uh, yeah, 70%. So that's still, it's you, still passing. You, you, Mike Ritland, have survived this <laughs> podcast. So good job, buddy. And it was great having you back here. It was great having you as the first guest. I wouldn't have had it any other way. First oh, in-person it. guest. Hell yeah. And uh, so let's take a moment and uh, load people up with where they can find you, find the book, everything in one spot. I hear you got a new website. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's just MikeRitlandCo.com. Or if you just uh, internet search my name, that, that will come up first. It's probably the easiest way. But we kind of reorganized everything to fall under there. So if you want to find me on social media or book speaking things or buy a dog or, you know, get links to the treats, uh, food, et cetera, it's all on there. Um, Amazon and Chewy have, uh, have products of ours as well. Uh, but that, that's really the easiest way to, to find it at M Ritland on, uh, Instagram, just Mike Ritland on Facebook, uh, at M Ritland on Twitter. Not that I'm ever really on there anyway, but yeah. Uh, WarriorDogFoundation.org. If you want to help out the uh, the retired pups for the nonprofit, and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I appreciate you having me, man. It's good to be on. Uh, no. Good to be on here and in person. It's awesome to have you here, buddy. It's good always hanging out, talking shit, and uh, entertaining uh, whoever the five people are that actually listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All but five I, of them. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on board. And uh, for everyone out there, once again, it's Mike Ritland Co dot com go check him out buy his book unfuck america uh i think you'll be pleasantly surprised uh with how it's been put together and the points that uh he makes uh and until next time like i always say keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest can you survive this podcast is a production of calvary audio and iheart media recorded live from a secure location here in dallas texas Produced by Brandon Morgan, Jeff Apple, and Clint Emerson. Executive produced by Keegan Rosenberger and Dana Brunetti. For Calvary Audio, I'm Clint Emerson.